Perhaps you will consider this. I've got to grab this problem by the short and curlies, look it in the eye, and deal it a fatal blow. What's going on? What it what is this? Oh, you're awake. I guess you're a little confused. Well, I've been listening to that radio program you're on. I knew you'd come out here eventually. I have so many questions for you. Did you Untie me? Please, untie me. My name is Amanda Walston. Something happened to me when I was working on a, a film. And I... Oh, you can use your real name here, Jessica. Jessica Driscoll? My, my character on Menlo Cove? I've heard you on my radio. I know what happened to you at the lake. Then you must know about the strange rocks and I saw some kind of creatures swimming under the surface. Gethrone. That's the word they use. Jessica, you've been a little too chatty on your radio program. Talking about things you don't understand. You don't know nothing about the lake. Not until they show you. So pretty and young. You're like a beautiful Jessica Driscoll doll sitting on a shelf. I'm gonna keep you right there. I can't send you back. Oh, you talk about this on your radio program. You're too old to turn. Need kids for that. If I kill you, they'll just send someone to look for you. What? What? Please. Please, untie me. Look what I have. Wait, wait, I have it right here. See, just like you wore. Yes, it is. Season three of Menlo. Menlo Cove. Oh, I'm a little nervous having you here. Let's try it on. No, wait. I can do it. Untie me and- Get in here, old man! I need some help! Now just hold still, Jessica. 
We'll get this on you. Oh, God! That's him! The man who chased me into the forest! Oh, he's just here to help, aren't you, old man? He's not as nimble as, as he once was. Now, hold still, Jessica. Oh! Oh, God! No! What's wrong with him? Stop! Please! Please let me go! It's Jessica, old man! See? Yeah. You remember? No. <laughs> oh, oh, now don't get too excited, old man! Looks like you're losing part of your job! No! No! Don't worry about him. He'll grow it back. Last week it was a foot. That's the deal. You take care of them and they keep you in one piece. to Passaic the other day, but I'm back in Westview for a little while. You won't believe it, but all that time making these tapes with you might be paying off. I met a radio producer and he hired me as an assistant. He's paying for a hotel room and giving me a little cash for food and stuff too. It's like a radio news show. Maybe I'll tell you about it later. But he loaned me this cool mixer so now I can make my... Oh shit, I hear him leaving his room. I would call more later on. Hey, boss. Hold on. I'll get my jacket. Uh, why don't you stay here today and, you know, practice learning the mixer? Nah, I already figured it out. Where are we going? This one has to be solo. Sorry, kid. What? I'll bring back some tape for you to edit. Where are you going that you have to be alone? I don't want you with me on this one. Don't sweat it. I'll be back in a few hours. Go check out the pool in the basement. Hey, I, uh, didn't tell you everything about this guy, but that'll have to wait. He just took off acting kind of suspicious, and I think I know where he's going. I'm gonna follow him, but I'll keep you posted. Hi, 
Hi, Mr. Karras. It's Amelia. Yes, I, I know. Um, I was just thinking, Betty and Vicky, you know, my, t- my turtles. Well, I don't know if they like it here. They just sit looking right at one another pretty much all day. Is that weird? I mean, not that there's anything wrong with the office. It's a really nice place to work. Amelia, do you need something to do? I'm filing the cue sheets, but they seem really off, you know? Maybe it's too sunny over there. Let's try moving you. Mr. Karras? A voice! Did you hear it? The singing? I heard some static. What happened? No! It was Betty! Or Vicky. It came from them. Okay, just calm down. I heard it! Art! Get in here! Look, the turtles are fine. How did they? Okay, just calm down. I heard them! Mr. Karras! Art! I heard them! May 27th, 1864. I fear that the words I set down here today would cause those around me to doubt the soundness of my mind. But set it down I must. Last night while on watch, I was witness to an unexplainable apparition. It appeared to me in a blue fog, though the night was clear. In the blue sat a creature, the likes of which I have never seen. It resembled the undulating translucent organisms of the deep. And its comportment defied science, floating as it was above me, observing, perhaps even curious. I was alarmed, but somehow knew it had no ill intentions. It vanished as quickly as it had appeared, and the blue fog lifted, leaving only the quiet of the night's watch. My sleep that night was fitful, with visions of the creature lurking in the fog of my dreams. I was awakened in the morning by much commotion on deck. It seemed someone had spotted a fluke some ways off port, and a moment later, a spout. I dressed and hurried topside. Who spotted the fish? Oh, did, sir. He sounded not but a few seconds ago. Just about there. Damn our luck. We see them now, with half of our boats busy kedging. No matter. We'll bring the harpoons out to them. Gather the boat, steerers. Aye, sir. Headley, Morgan, step to it, boys. Man the boats. Shipkeepers, stand by to lower away. Flukes, another there, sir. Hope lit up the faces of the crewmen, and I forgot the dark dreams from which I had been roused. I can feel it, sir. We'll get fast today. With a little luck, Mr. Untank. Make sure the harpoons are loaded quickly. 
Within minutes, we were in the boats and rowing hard. It was oars alone that carried us. Having been on half rations for a week, we were not in top form, but the excitement made for some good, hard pulling. It was the captain and myself, Marbury, Buchmann, and Silva and Barrera, the best Portuguese oarsmen on the ship. Hear them spout! I count three! Support me here on the boat, Chuck Crowman. I'll have a look. We'll have to stand across in order to get behind them. Pull to starboard, men! Lay us round! You'll have double rations and triple the grog if we bring one in! A massive fluke rose from the water and drenched us with spray. Marbury stood ready with iron in hand, his knee resting against the lubber chock. Now, Marbury! We're fast! Wet the line! The unfortunate beast was now awakened and pulled us off at an alarming speed. Within moments, the captain noticed something ahead. The sky up ahead! It's black with rain clouds! This whale is leading us to the wind! Yeah! Woo! <laughs> Onward we were borne by the beast, leaving the other boats far behind. When the whale ran its length, we took in the line to get close enough to strike. But each time he sounded and ran along below the waves, which were rising more and more as we approached the dark skies. Soon, we were bounding over waves and slamming back down in a dangerous manner. The whale stopped just ahead, and we attempted to take in the line. But the waves were immense and rocked us off balance with every swell. Steady yourselves! Pull the line! Ready your lance, Mr. Marbury! Get us in just a little closer, boys! Marbury, still standing, tried to hold fast, but tripped on the line and was thrown overboard. Get him a line fast or we'll lose him! Barrera reached over the side as I tossed a line. Marbury was struggling in the waves. The whale chose this moment to turn flukes, causing a huge swell that knocked Barrera into the sea. I reached after him, but I couldn't see him in the waves. Marbury! Grab my hand! The whale then sounded, pulling us swiftly onward as Marbury climbed aboard. Barrera was lost. It was as if the beast knew that bringing us further into the storm might be his salvation. We bounced on the waves like a cork with every swell threatening to capsize us. Cut the line! Now! Bring us about! It took our last ounce of manpower but we managed to pull ourselves out of danger. Let's get back ahead of this storm, men! It was the most unexplainable thing. One moment there were life-threatening swells, and the next, a dead calm. One that we knew all too well. But we were alive, with the exception of one. Just then, the captain, who had moments earlier shown such steadfast courage, suddenly shrank to a cowering posture, and a pallor came over his face. He mumbled something over and over, and I was just able to hear his words. We will be overtaken. We will be overtaken by unthinking eternity. It sent a chill through me. Our captain was a man who had faced death countless times, and yet, here he was on a calm sea, safe from the storm, but fairly shaking with a nameless terror. 
The storm gathers to the west. To the south as well! As we approached the ship, the storm appeared to be gathering all about, but never moving closer. We were surrounded by dark, dangerous weather, while our perimeter of calm was somehow unaffected. Thanks for listening to Season 2, Episode 9 of Under Dead Water. Our cast this week was Aaron Lillis, Amanda Goodman, Noah Graham, Graham Rowett, Stephanie Booker, Matthew Bird, Bonnie Bogovich, Bob Lukomsky, David Steele, Ty Anderson, Emmanuel Elpenord, Clayton Romero, Brandon Duke, and Chris Burke. Music is by Glomag. Sound design is by Clayton Romero and Chris Burke. We'll be uploading new episodes every other Wednesday with our Twitch stream on In Between Wednesdays. This is where we talk about all things Mandible Judy with the cast, crew, and guests. You can view it on twitch.tv forward slash Mandible Judy or hear it on our Discord. See the show notes for details. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to please consider supporting our show on Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash Mandible Judy for details and help us keep the story going. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and the show is available on iTunes and all major streaming platforms. See you in two weeks.